Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Thank you for joining us online. Uh, before I release the, the Kingdom Kids and the Warrior Youth, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to be honest, okay? And I, there's a purpose, there's a reason I'm asking this. It's certainly not to embarrass anyone or shame anyone or anything like that, but I just want to know. Uh, I think all of you know we're in a 21-day fast, and so I'm curious to know how many people have fasted water or, or liquids for uh, more than one day, several days. Lift up your hand. Keep your hands up. I want to see. Okay. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Okay. Okay. All right. Huh? No. No. Water or juice for multiple days. Lift up your hand. Water or juice, multiple days. Okay. Let me see your hands. Okay. How many of you have fasted for at least one day? Lift up your hands. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that, and I want to encourage you to continue on. As I shared, fasting is hard. It's not easy because your body wants to rebel, and it wants cupcakes and ice cream and food. So uh, I I want to uh, just let you know how much I appreciate you guys participating. We have one more week to go, so, you know, we're almost at the end. We're two-thirds through, and uh, I want want to uh, just encourage you to pick up one of these uh, scripture lists uh, Elizabeth read the scripture from today, and you can. These are at the at the door there. You can pick one of these up, or a couple of them up, and then also, you know, that we're praying at the at the property every Wednesday from ten o'clock uh, to about eleven, and we have about twelve or thirteen things we've been praying for for what probably three or four years. We've been praying these things. We're praying for the community. We're praying for our leaders. We're praying for Jesus revival, and now we're praying for direction on the the building that we plan to build on the property. So there's a lot of things that we're praying for right now that are relevant, not only to this church, but certainly to us and to the world around us. So I want to encourage you to pick one of those up, and and they'll be at the door as well. Um, Even if you can't join us at the property on Wednesdays at 10, you can still pray wherever you are, and you can pray, those, pray for those things throughout the week. So I want to encourage you in that. So I want to, uh, let me just share this before I release the children. In May of 2021, you know that the Lord gave us a word, prepare. And one of the ways that we prepare is by fasting, by praying, hearing from the Lord, and also o- obeying Him. So as we go, as we, be- as we, as we begun this year, we're praying and we're fasting and we're seeking Him. But it's not only for this 21 days that we want to do that. We want to continue to press into Him and hear His voice and take some time to fast during the year. You know, there may be times when you say, I want to fast for a day or two or a couple of days or whatever. And so we want to encourage you to continue to do that. So now I'd like to release the Warrior Youth and the Children's Ministry to go back. And uh, we're going to get started here because I want our children to understand the the, the principles and the truths of fasting and prayer and seeking the Lord as well as us because one day they're going to be sitting in your chair and they're going to need to exercise these disciplines 
Uh, and you know that we do this not to lose weight or for any other reason, really, primarily than to seek the Lord. This is a spiritual fast where we're seeking the Lord and hearing from Him. How many of you are, have heard from the Lord? How many of, of you are hearing, getting some insight or something from the Lord? That's great. That's great. Uh, I was asked recently if I'd ever heard an auto, audio, the, the voice of the Lord audibly. Uh, and I said, no, I never have. I mean, I, the Holy Spirit speaks to me a lot, but it's, you know, through my spirit, man. And they, they mentioned that they had. And I said, that's really special. I only know of a few people whom the Lord has uh, spoken to that they've heard his voice. But, uh, you know, I, I, there are people that he's speaking to today. And certainly he's speaking to us through the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in us. So today we're continuing in the series about fasting. And I want to talk about more power. We're going to be going to John chapter 14 and John chapter 12. And Jesus went through the trials and temptations of Satan as a human. Jesus demonstrated that we can be victorious as humans and that he is more than able to perform miracles through our lives. Greater than the power of the enemy. When we understand the power of God that resides in us and that's been allocated to us, we will begin to think differently, we will begin to pray differently, we will begin to minister differently, because it's not by our might or will or power, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. Hebrews 4.15 says, this high priest, speaking of Jesus, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do. All of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. And even greater testings. We, you know, I don't think we can imagine the testings that Jesus went through. Fully God and fully man coming down from heaven to earth. And then taking on the sins for every one of us. Everyone that, that's repented of their sins throughout the entire world. That has lived for generations and Thousands of years, he took on all of those sins. We don't know what that's like. I can't even begin to imagine what that's like. But he faced all the same testings we do. So that's why we can go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm kind of struggling with this. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know what that's about. You know, I don't have to be an ex-heroin addict to, to minister to heroin, heroin addicts. But sometimes in our lives, we go through things and we have an understanding maybe of a mindset or a mentality of someone that's in addictive behaviors or caught up in something. And, and we have maybe some insight that we can share. Now, we have, again, we don't have to have gone through that to minister to people because we have the Holy Spirit. But God will use the broken places in our lives that have been healed to bring health and healing and hope to other people. And so this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. So if you think, well, nobody understands what I'm going through, well, there's at least one person that fully understands. Okay, so Jesus was tested like us. He demonstrated miraculous power when helping people. My first point this morning is, Jesus said it, I believe it, I want to see it, and I want to live it. Jesus said it. Do you believe it? 
I want to see it. I want to live it. I don't want it just to be words on a page or scripture that I've memorized. John 14, 12 through 17. This is Jesus talking. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone, say anyone, who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. The same and even greater works. What are some of the things that Jesus did? He healed the sick. He feel, physically, he healed people that were sick, but also spiritually. Do you know people that are spiritually sick? They're so wounded or so lost or so damaged or so hurt that, that they have a hard time receiving from the Lord his goodness, his love, his grace, his grace, his mercy. He healed the sick physically and spiritually. He opened the eyes of the blind. There are a lot of people that are walking around blind today, spiritually blind. So he also raised the dead back to life, physically and spiritually. Do you know any people that are uh, spiritually dead? And so Jesus came to bring life, to bring abundant life to us. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Verse 13, you can ask anything in my name and I will do it. So that the Son may, be, may bring glory to the Father. Verse 14, yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So he tells us, he explains to us the power that we have, that we can do those things. But he not only, he doesn't stop there. He says, go ahead and ask me. Not once, but twice. He says, yes, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. How can we bring glory to the Father without the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit? We can be doing a lot of good things, but missing the heart of God. Are we praying for the things that bring glory to the Father? Are we praying in accordance with the will of the Father? Not our own will, but His will. Are we praying in faith? Well, God, if you can do this, are we praying, believing that he can do it? Are we firmly connected to the Lord? Do we have this intimate relationship with him that we talk about every week? John 14, 15, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you have a relationship with me, if I'm important in your life, if I matter, if I'm the Lord of your life and not you, obey my commandments. Do what I'm asking you to do because it's going to be best for you. I love you. I'm going to direct you in ways that are going to be good for you. You know, I've thought about this before. We, we sing a lot of praise and worship songs where I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Uh, you know, okay, I'm just trying to sing here. Liz is looking at me like, really? Uh, but I've thought about that. Like maybe new Christians, when they come into the church, they may be going, well, 
I don't know, man. I don't know if I really love the Lord. I mean, you know, as, as a man, maybe that, that challenges my manlyhood. Singing to God, I love you, Lord. And I, don't, I just don't know that I'm there yet. But it may be, well, let me ask you this way. Do you trust the Lord? Do you trust the Lord? And I think sometimes God is wanting us to build trust before we love him. Think about your earthly relationships, right? You, you may have somebody that you just met, and you don't really love them. You like them. But when they, when they establish that, uh, that they're trustworthy and that they have your back and, and they're dependable and loyal to you, what happens? You, can, you may begin to love that person. And as you grow in your relationship with them, your love may grow, will probably grow. And likewise, they reciprocate because of this relationship. Broken, wounded, destroyed, hate-filled, divided, mistrusting lives are not what Jesus desires for us. And so we're, a lot of times we're praying for people to get, he- get healed, get healthy, so that they can come to the Lord. Because many people are so wounded, they have, they're so walled off. They have this, this relationship with the Lord so far away from them that they need to be healed to receive. Because a lot of people, they may say, oh, Heavenly Father. Well, I know what my earthly father was like, and I don't want anything to do with a father. Well, that's, that doesn't represent our Heavenly Father. And so many times the Lord is doing something. He's breaking down the walls. Now, we can be saved, but are we really growing in our relationship with Him? Do we really love Him? Do we really trust Him? Are we really listening to Him? Are we really obeying Him? That all comes from this relationship that brings those results. All of us are growing in that relationship. None of us have arrived Maybe you can look back 10, 15 years ago and see how the Lord has worked in your life and you've progressed in your your, uh, relationship with Him, your understanding of His Word, your understanding of His heart and what He desires. We are to be a blessing to everyone. As Christians, we we should be kind and loving and gracious, but we are to be a greater blessing to the ones we have deep love for, and a healthy relationship with our brothers and sisters. You know, one of the concerning things for me today is, is there are a lot of people that are going around saying, well, I'm a Christian. I could say, I'm a tree. That doesn't make me a tree. Do I see any fruit in your life? Do I see anything that would indicate that you really are a believer, a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ, someone that implements the disciplines that Jesus told us to to implement, not from a ritualistic religious bent, but from a relational bent, that we have this relationship with him. What did Jesus say? He said, here's a way that you can prove that you're one of my disciples. Did he say, keep every law of the Pharisees? Did he say, you have to jump through all these hoops? He said, no. He said, they'll know that you're my disciples by the love 
that you have for one another. And so as we yield to him, he fills us with that love. He removes some of the stuff from our lives. Some of us had had to deal with hatred, woundedness, unforgiveness, selfishness. That's probably all of us right there. And God is wanting to remove those things from our life and backfill those things with his love that we would forgive, that we would encourage, that we would build up, that we would love like he loves, and that we would be able to receive the fullness of his love. Recently, a person that I have a a good, very good relationship with that I love, and I know they love me, and I, I know it's the same with all of you here. I love you, and I know you love me. But uh, they gave me a gift, and they said, I want you to have this gift. And I looked at the gift, and it was a $1,000 gift certificate. And that's nice. You know, $1,000, who wouldn't want a $1,000 gift certificate, right? But you know what was more touching to me was their heart. And I know that this, in this family, there's a lot of people here, a lot of you here that have that kind of heart to give. And that reflects the heart of God. It wasn't about the value of the gift certificate. It was about the heart of love and graciousness and giving and honoring, loving. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, obey my commandments. Verse 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So as we pray, as we seek the Lord, he is leading us if we yield to him. Because I think sometimes the Holy Spirit will be speaking to us and giving us direction on what to do, but we may choose, well, you know, I don't really want to do that. I know this is you, Lord. I know you're speaking to me right now, but I really don't want to do that. Let's not allow our emotions, our woundedness, our past history, uh, unforgiveness, selfishness, ego, flesh, pride, to lead us Let's allow Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us because the Word says He leads us and guides us into all truth, not some truth. Uh, I'm just going to give Him a little bit of truth. He leads us into all truth, but it requires this connection to Him and this relationship with Him. Are you okay following the leading of Holy Spirit even when you would like to do something else? There are times when, as a pastor, I have to deal with some things. And sometimes I don't want to deal with it. But sometimes the Lord says, you need to deal with it. And then there are other times when I know it needs to be dealt with, and I'll say, okay, I'll go deal with it. And the Lord says, no, wait. Wait, I want you to wait. And sometimes the problem has evaporated. So it's a matter of listening to him 
and obeying Him, which is really a matter of trust too, right? That we're trusting Him. John 14, 17 continues, The world cannot receive Him, speaking of Holy Spirit, because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. The world doesn't recognize the Holy Spirit. But we, as believers, we should fully recognize the Holy Spirit living in us. It's only through this personal relationship with Christ that we experience the Holy Spirit living in our lives. People that aren't saved, we can't expect them to know what the Holy Spirit is saying. Even if the Holy Spirit was speaking to them, would they, would they even know? Would they even acknowledge? Would they even listen? Would they recognize who was speaking to them? Verse 17 continues, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And so the Holy Spirit and Jesus are one. And Jesus was giving a little insight here. He says, later he'll be with you. When I depart, because he told him, when I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you into all truth. He will be with you. I will not abandon you. I will not forsake you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be with you. So my first point is Jesus said it. I believe it. I want to see it, and I want to live it. Anything less than that doesn't hit the mark, doesn't hit the target. My second point is Jesus was watching the Father. He was watching the Father to see what he was doing. Now, Jesus healed a lame man on the Sabbath. This man had been sick for 30 years. Eight years. Jesus heals him on the Sabbath. Now, could, could the Father have shown Jesus to heal him on a Friday or a Sunday or a Thursday? Really, Jesus, you're going to heal him on the Sabbath? Do you know what that's going to stir up with all the religious people? I mean, he's been sick for 38 years, Jesus. What's one more day? Do you think the Lord was intentional and having Jesus heal this man on the Sabbath. Why? Because he's watching the Father, and the Father says, heal him on the Sabbath. Heal him now. Yes, sir. So let's pick this up in John chapter 5, 19 and 20, and then we're going to skip to verse 30. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. Now, I went to three life groups this week, and, and this topic came up in at least two, if not all three. Was Jesus fully mortal or immortal? Was Jesus fully God? Yes, he is God. But the Son can do nothing by himself. Now, is that, that could be perplexing. It's like, well, Jesus, I thought you were fully God. Yeah. But he was here as fully man. He was in complete submission to the Father. Okay. We just read in Hebrews that he was tested in every way that we're tested. Could, Could God be tested? No. Because as a man, he could be tested. Because James, it says... No one, let no one say, I'm tempted by God, because God doesn't tempt. But he will allow us to go through tests. But Jesus was tested and tempted in every way that we are. 
Because Jesus was walking through his life fully man until he rose on the third day. So if Jesus was operating as the God he is, he could do everything. But he wasn't using his divine power to demonstrate to us that with the power that comes from the Lord, we can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. There's nothing that our God can't do. I will make room for him. Are you making room for Jesus in your heart, in your life? Or do you say you're a a tree? Do you say you're a Christian, but you really don't live it? Is there fruitfulness in your life? Can somebody look at your life and say, I see the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth in verse 19, the Son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the Father doing. It's imperative that we see what the Lord is doing and do the same thing. Because, again, we can do some really wonderful things. But is that what the Lord is doing? Or is is that what we want to see Him doing? John 5.19 continues, Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Verse 20, For the Father loves the Son and shows Him everything He is doing. Jesus loves us and desires to show us everything He's doing. It's not cloaked. It's not hidden for us. It shouldn't be as believers, right? We're, we're seeking Him. We're asking Him. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. So it's, it's not that He's necessarily showing Jesus what He desires to do, although He is, but He's showing Jesus what He is doing. So right now, what is the Father saying? What is the Father doing that we can demonstrate, that we can follow, that we can mimic? Are we that connected to the Lord that we can see what He's doing? See, I think this is the key here that the church is missing today. We have prayed for people, and some people have been healed. We have prayed for people, and and they're seemingly not healed. We have asked for things that haven't come to fruition. We've asked for things that have come to fruition. Maybe the key is that we're not seeing with a proper perspective in what the Father's doing. Uh, Let's look at verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him everything He's doing. In fact, the Father will show Him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. And were they truly astonished when they understood the power of Christ dying on the cross for all of our sins? Were they truly astonished? When he rose from the grave, where hundreds of people saw him? I can do nothing, verse 30, John 5, 30, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. What if we judged others? And what if we judge situations in the manner in which God told us to judge those things? Have... I know this is kind of a rhetorical question, but have you ever misjudged anyone's motives or their intent? We all have, right? 
And there have been times when I've done that, and the Lord says, you've missed, you've missed it. Son, you missed their heart. That was not their intent. That was not their motive. And, and there have been other times where I'm like, Judge, I, I mean, Lord God, I, I'm judging them, but I, I, I believe that they have a good heart, and they didn't, didn't intend to. And the Lord will say, no, you've judged them incorrectly. Their intention was to cause division, dissension, hurt, pain, lie, to lie. So see, it could be either way, where we can misjudge someone's heart based on misunderstanding their motives and intention, which could be very good, but the demonstration of that went bad. Or it can be a situation where someone has intentionally done something, and they would come across like, oh, no, I didn't mean to do that. The Word says, who can know a man's heart? It is deceitful among all things. So how can we really know someone's heart? We, we may not even be able to know our own heart because we may have hidden motives and, and uh, intentions. But the Lord can reveal to us the truth. Holy Spirit has come to lead us and guide us, what? Into all truth. So I'm saying this not that we're paranoid about everything that happens, and you know, but we need to understand that sometimes... People have ill intent. If someone's causing division, destruction, dissension, lying, and we've experienced people like that in the church, and I say, Lord God, I don't think that's our heart. And he says, oh, yeah, it is. Beware. Deal with it. Keep your eyes open. Watch me. So, we need to be careful when we're judging other people, their motives, their intent, and go to the one who knows. So my first point is Jesus said it. I believe it. I want to see it and live it. Jesus was watching the Father to see what he was doing. My third point is Jesus said not, uh, Jesus said not only what the Father. Take two. Okay. Jesus said only what the Father told him to say. I wonder how many conflicts would be avoided if we listened to the Holy Spirit and said what the Holy Spirit tells us instead of blabbing what we want to say. The other element of that is I wonder if God would be working more powerfully if we did say what the Holy Spirit told us to say. Oh, Lord, you're wanting me to go and confront this situation. Well, what will they think? What will they think if I tell them what you've told me to tell them? You're going to be like Jonah? Remember last week? Okay, now I'm going the other way. Okay, well, I'll get you there via a big fish. And so Jonah finally acquiesced. She said, okay, okay, God, I'll go share, share this message with, with my enemies who I don't even care if they get saved. Let them burn. I don't care. Repent. And the whole city of Nineveh, 120,000 people repented, fasted, prayed, put on burlap. Even the animals fasted. They didn't feed them. 
because they were serious about this message that had come from God to them. There's a message for America today. We need to fast and pray, man. I'm telling you. I've never seen things deteriorate so rapidly. And, and you can say, well, it's, it's this party or that party. No, you know, the main problem is we've taken Jesus out. We're trying to kick him out of this country. And, and we see the results. So Jesus said only what the Father told him to say. John 12, 47 through 50. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. So he's saying, listen, I'm not going to judge them. My role is to come and save the world, to preach the good news, the gospel, to, to bring the, the Messiah, the Savior, to the world, and then to take on all the sins of the world, and then to demonstrate that I have power not only over sin, but death as well, that I'm going to raise on the third day. I'm going to be seated at the right hand of God, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to guide and lead those believers, those disciples, those, to, those who are following me. And I will endue them with power from heaven. I'm not satisfied with anything less, and neither should you be. So why aren't we seeing the power that I read in the Scripture happening? I think it's because we're not seeing the Father. We're not listening to the Father we're not seeking Him and obeying Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I will not judge those who hear me, but, but don't obey. For I have come to save the world, not to judge it. Verse 48. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. I do not speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Sometimes I really need that direction because I know what to say. And I know when to say it, like right now. But we need the Holy Spirit to tell us what to say, how to say it. There are times when I struggle, I've got to deal with something. And I can't sleep at night. I wake up in the middle of the night. I wake up thinking about it. And I'm like, Lord, how do you want me to address this? How do you want me to say this? First of all, is this the right time? Is now the time? Yes. Go. Okay. Lord, how do you want me to say this? How do you want me to address this? How do you want me to handle this? Because I honestly don't know. I could come up with some things. Verse 50, John 12, 50. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Why does he say whatever the Father tells him to say? Why? Because his commandments lead to eternal life. Holy Spirit is not just speaking to us just to speak to us. His words lead to eternal life. We're talking about the difference between life and death, between loved ones and people we know, people we don't know. 
So never be ashamed of speaking what the Holy Spirit is leading you to speak. Now it should be done with grace and mercy unless the Lord tells you, you know, there's been times when the Lord says you need to be strong with this. You need to be strong. And still it can be done in love and kindness. But when we realize that lives, souls are hanging in the balance it could be a matter of spiritual life and death, eternity. The, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Jesus says here, because I know God's, the Father's commands lead to eternal life. So I say what the Father tells me to say because it's important. And there are times when we all need some correction there are times when we need somebody to speak into our life honestly. and Why? Because we want to get back at them at something they did 20 years ago? No, because we love them. And more importantly, because the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and telling us to go and deliver the message. Jesus was speaking to his disciples here. Last week, we talked about setting some goals for 2022. And one of my goals for us is that we grow in our intimacy with God and grow in power in our individual lives, that we have a better understanding of, of God and His heart and what He desires for us, that we have greater influence and power as a corporate church, life fellowship, as we have uh, more people healed and set free and when people come into the doors and they're bound up and they need to be healed and set free and saved that this be a place for them we're praying for our community where our, where we're going to build the building already god be working working in the hearts of the people there preparing them for us to come into their community prepare our hearts to receive them in our community that our communities will be transformed, that there will be a revival, a Jesus revival take place in this nation. We're praying for direction for the, the building and, and all of that. In closing, I, uh, some of you have heard this story before, but when Pastor Mohan from India was here, he indicated that he'd seen many miracles that Jesus had done, indicating that he'd even seen people raised from the dead. And uh, I said, well, you know, Pastor Mohan, uh, Pastor Christine's been to Africa, and she's been to, you know, uh, we've been to India and, and Malaysia and different places. And it seems like, I don't know, it just seems like there's more demonic power or more demonic influence in some of these countries that we go to. Because when, when we go, you can tangibly feel the darkness there. And he said, no, no. He said, there's no more demons over there than there are here. He said, over here in America, you just name them and medicate them. There's some times when you just need to say, that thing needs to go. Instead of, oh, well, you know, my child has this or that. No. Are you praying? Are you saying, Lord, rebuke this thing off my child in the name of Jesus? So, again, we've, we prayed for people that have been healed. We prayed for people that uh, they don't seem like they were healed. And I've started to look at prayer a little bit differently. I started to say, Lord, what are you 
What are you doing? What are you saying? Please hear my heart. I believe that God wants to see everyone live a healthy, vibrant life, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. But what if their healing is not on this side of heaven? I struggle with that. I do. But I know that if, if we pray in faith and we believe and we know that God can do it, are we okay with trusting him? I know of people that have prayed and they try to keep a loved one alive and they're suffering. The loved one is saying, let me go, please. And they're relentless in keeping them alive with machines and things like that. Listen, I, I don't have all the answers to all these things. But, but I'm trying to navigate through these things just like you are. When a loved one is sick, we're going to pray. We're going to anoint them with oil. We're going to pray, pray, pray. We're going to believe. But we're going to trust God with his purpose and his plan. And we need to see what God is doing. We need to listen to what the Lord is saying. Fasting, prayer, and praise are important aspects of living in God's power. And for 22, for 2022, I want to encourage all of us to determine to attend every Sunday. Many of you are in life groups. I want to encourage you, if you're not in a life group, get in one when we start the next semester. Because uh, I guarantee you, you will grow spiritually. You'll grow in your relationship with the Lord. You'll grow in your relationship with one another. And you will be um, a greater influence, godly. You'll be a greater godly influence in the world. We're all an influence. Are we influencing for God or for not God? <laughs> so after 21 days, I encourage you to, to continue to fast intermittently. Whenever the Lord tells you. When, you know, there are times I'll wake up in the morning and, and I'll just feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, you need to fast today. You need to fast for a couple of days. Just pray and yield to the Lord. If we do these things, there will not only be growth and transformation in our life, not only in Life Fellowship family, but it's going to have a ripple effect that impacts people all over the globe. We're already impacting people all over the globe. And so we can do greater, more. That we would do the same things and even greater than Jesus did. That we have the opportunity to do that. And uh, I just want to share a couple of things about breaking the fast. I know many of you are fasting. And uh, when you break the fast, eat light, ramp up slowly. If you've been fasting for an extended period of time, you may start with juice and then maybe ramp up after a few hours, maybe have some watermelon or grapes or something, fruit that, that has, that's mostly water. Just ramp up slowly and then, you know, maybe begin to eat a, a hard-boiled egg or something like that. And just, just be wise. Just be wise. And uh, as we finish out this last week of prayer and fasting, 
Be concentrated on seeking the Lord because remember, it's not just about not eating. It's about seeking Him and getting direction. How, I don't know. Well, let me just move on. Uh, John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Fast, pray, and spend quality time with the Lord. Listen and obey. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you had a relationship with the Lord and you walked away and God is calling you back. Maybe you've never had a relationship with him. Today is your day. Anybody here, slip up your hand. Anybody here? Okay, maybe you're watching online and you say, Pastor Mark, that's me. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. And I receive your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness. And I thank you that today is a new beginning. That today is a fresh start. I receive you now. And I thank you for touching my heart and touching my life. And this new day. It starts right now, January 16th, 22. I want to pray one more prayer for those of you that prayed that prayer. Lord God, I pray for the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit to wash over them. And that as they read your word, it would come alive. As they pray, they would hear your, your uh, Holy Spirit speaking to them. And as, as they yield to you, they will see your hand move in mighty ways. And so, Lord God, we pray all these things with, with expectation, not with just empty words, but expecting you fully to be able to, to uh, help them in their life, to forgive, to be healed, to be whole, whatever they need, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name.